Great to see you. You all made it through Turkey Day, right? I'm telling you guys, I was telling someone backstage this morning, I might waddle out here. I, my mom outdid herself again this year. Hey, listen, I'm so glad to see you and um, glad you're here today. And we're starting a new series called Simply Christmas. And so the staff, uh, some, some of them were asking me probably like since August, it feels like, what are we gonna do for Christmas? What, what series are you gonna do for Christmas? I'm like, it's August. Like I'll know when you need to know. So I did, but I decided that my series would be called Simply Christmas this year. No fluff, not a lot of glitz and glamour, just kind of scaling things back to what's most important. And I titled my message today, Most Wonderful Time of the Year? Question mark. Anybody who knows me, and I, I think I've told you several times, my least favorite punctuation is question marks. I hate question marks. I like exclamation points. <laughs> I like periods even, or even commas. But question marks, man. I, and, and so I came today, family, to encourage you in this. I believe that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, exclamation point. And I think, I hope that by, by the time I'm done speaking with you this morning, that you'll, speaking to you this morning, that you'll agree. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I think the reason people, you know, push back against that is because of maybe what's going on in their lives currently right now. And so, look, what I came to talk to you about this morning, I believe that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, but it's not a about what's happening. Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year because of what's happening right now. Because the truth of the matter is, is that everything is exaggerated around the holidays. Haven't you came to figure that out? Like, every, like the food tastes so much better at the holiday season and the hugs seem to be a lot more warm around the holiday season. Everything seems to be emphasized and even overemphasized during the holiday season, during the Christmas season. And so I know that that's not only the good stuff, that it seems like loneliness can be exaggerated around the holidays, that, that sorrow can be maybe feel a little heavier around the holiday season. And so it's not the most wonderful time of the year because of what's happening, because the truth of the matter is that throughout the entire year, but it seems to get exaggerated during this time of year, we all have questions that don't seem to have answers. There are things that we wanna know when. When am I gonna feel better? How are we gonna make it through this? Where will all of this end? It's like there's lots of questions without answers, but during the holiday, oh, you seem to feel it more. Also, family, we have people we can't seem to control. Can I get an amen? You, people who said they were gonna be there and dinner starts at this time, and they know it, every year it starts at this time. It seems like, ah, oh, there are people 
drivers who insist when it says 45, who insist on going 30. Can I get an amen, bro? It's 45 for a reason. I told you guys you need to pray for me when I'm behind the wheel, right? I told you. Pray for me. Juanita, it's 45. Why would they go 30? I, I just don't get it. And so there are people we can't seem to control. And maybe, family, the person you can't seem to control is you. It's like, man, why did I have to confront her today on that? Man, I'm telling you what, he's not sitting beside me this year. You know, it's like you can't control the thoughts that go through your mind. You can't control those feelings. Maybe that's fighting against Christmas being the most wonderful time of the year for you. Lastly, family, there are expectations that we can't seem to to meet, right? It's like, oh my gosh, Diva and I figured this out. You know, when my kids were little, there were like four or five different people's houses that we would go to at the holidays. It's like we would start at one house here, and then we, yeah, I remember, and it was wonderful. We loved it, we having having these, uh, oh my gosh, Brenda Clark used to make like these most amazing, like like the, the pig ear, or, or, or some kind of elephant ear things that were amazing. And then we would go um, to the crevices, and then we would go to the Matlocks, and then we would go here, and then we would go to the Frank and Shirley Richardsons, and we, we, would, we would go all these different places. And I remember when we had to start pulling back on that, it's like, okay, we need to be at home for Christmas, you know what I mean? So you know what it's like, those expectations that it's like, I want you to do this, and I want you to come here, and I, I thought I'd be able to buy my kid that gift, or I thought those expectations that you just can't seem to meet. It's, it's not the most wonderful time of the year because everything that's happening right now is great. What I came to talk to you about this morning, my beautiful family, it's the most wonderful time of the year because of what happened. What happened? And what happened? is it was arguably one of the darkest times in mankind. But a savior was born. In the midst of all this darkness and in the midst of all this heartache and in the midst of all this disappointment and unmet expectations and heartbreak, a savior was born. And so, Simply Christmas. You would think that where I would go, message-wise, would be to Matthew. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are the four Gospels in the New Testament that start the New Testament, and they're, they're an account of what happened when Jesus was on this earth. So you'd think I would go to Matthew or maybe Luke, you know what I mean? Because they start with the birth. They start with the angels singing, right? They start with shepherds out in a field in a manger. Well, I'm actually going to do something a little bit different today, family. We're going to look at the gospel of John. And the gospel of John doesn't start in a manger. Doesn't start with a king trying to kill a savior. The gospel of John starts in a very different way. And so will you give me a few minutes to kind of tell you about the apostle John? Can I have just a few minutes, you guys, so you really get it? I'm going to take him anyway. Um, The apostle John 
was one of Jesus' disciples. And John, when he's writing his own book, the Gospel of John, he calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved. He says it of himself. And that's so important, family, because John, having sat at the feet of Jesus, the thing that he really got, the thing that stuck deep in him was Jesus loves me. You remember, John is the one that said, okay, if I have to sum God up in one word, that's going to be God is love. And so maybe, maybe you heard this before if you grew up in church as a kid or maybe in Bible college or maybe if you've been coming to church a long time, you've heard this and maybe just forgot or maybe this is something you didn't know. There was something amazing that Jesus did as he's hanging on the cross, dying. Jesus said, mom, mom, and Mary's there and her heart is breaking. Jesus is hanging on the cross and he says, mom, mom, look over there at John. See, John, he's your son now. And he said, John, John, he's hanging there, you guys. He said, John, Mary is your mom now. I want you to take care of her for the rest of her life. How powerful. And so John, you would think then, John is taking care of Mary for the rest of her life. Do you imagine how many times John said, okay, Mary, he, he maybe called her mom. You know what I mean? Mom, tell me about what it was like when you were carrying Jesus. M mom, were you freaked out when the angel appeared to you? If anybody would start their gospel, would write their account of Jesus's life and talk about the birth, you would think it would be John, right? Because he took care of Jesus' mom, but John starts his gospel in a very, very different way, family. When John was writing this, this was near the end of John's life. And when he, was, when he sat down to write his gospel, there was some heresy that started to be taught. There were a group of people that were teaching that Jesus wasn't really God. They, what they taught, and it was so interesting, that they, 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 wrong, but they taught that Jesus was just this dude. And then when he got baptized, God sent his spirit down on him. And so he was able to do miracles and stuff. But then once he was crucified, that spirit left him because there's no way that God would allow himself to be crucified. Well, they missed the whole point. And so John, who would have heard the birth narrative over and over and over again, you know what I mean? He decided to start his gospel, his account of what happened when Jesus came in a very, very different way. He wanted to address that heresy that was going on. And he wanted us to know, you know, all the people that wrote the Bible, they had hoped as they wrote this stuff down that maybe generations from now, people will read this and they will really believe that Jesus is who we say he is. And so John sits down at the end of his life to write his gospel. And he doesn't talk about shepherds. He doesn't talk about a star. He doesn't talk about King Herod. He doesn't talk about a manger or a stable. John starts his gospel this way, family. He said, in the beginning, sounds familiar, doesn't it? In the beginning, God created. He says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. 
Okay, so God's words and the word was, and the word was God. What in the world? In the beginning was the word and growing up, I always thought the word was the Bible. You know, the Bible, we call the Bible, the word of God. But wait a minute, in the beginning was the word. Okay, so, and the word was with God and the word was God? Hmm, he was in the beginning with God. Wait a minute, I thought we were talking about words. What do you mean he? He was with God. Hold on a second. All things were made through him. We're talking about the word of God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. He, him. Well, the Jewish listeners and the Jewish readers, they would have instantly got this. They would have got because they understood the word of God. They, they would have understood when they heard this read or read it for themselves, wait a minute, all God had to do was speak the word and mountains were created and oceans were created and constellations were created. Oh my goodness. And God sent his word and healed our disease. They would have gotten excited. They would have been like, we get it. We get it. Because family, you need to understand that the word John is talking about is Jesus. Can I get a hallelujah? The word. He, so he is combating that wrong teaching. He says the word always was with God, always was God himself. So God sent his word to heal our diseases. He sent his son to heal our diseases. So he's like, I'm starting this off. Jesus wasn't just some messenger. He wasn't just some good prophet. He says for now, and when those people all those centuries ago um, from now read, I want them to know that Jesus is God. Amen, family. And so can I tell you just a little bit more about John and then we'll go on because it's important that you know this. John also witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem. In 66 AD, Nero, who was the emperor of Rome, heard about this small Jewish faction that was starting to rebel. And so Nero wasn't about to have that because he was about out of his mind at this point. He wasn't about to have it, so he sent Vespasian to take care of this little outbreak down in Jerusalem. They need to know that Rome is in charge. So Vespasian got there, and as he made his way through Galilee, he began to kill thousands upon thousands of Jews. And two years into stopping this small Jewish rebellion, Nero finally lost his mind and he took his own life. And so Vespasian needed to go back to Rome to be the new emperor. But he had to take care of this rebellion. And so he left his son Titus to finish his work. And what Titus did, family, Titus and his legion of armies surrounded Jerusalem and dug in and dug a huge trench around the walls of Jerusalem. And they forbid anything to go in or anyone to go in, and they forbid anything or anyone to come out. What happened over the next several months, family, is that the people, God's people, began to starve to death. John witnessed month after month after month. 
tens of thousands of people having to turn to cannibalism because there was no food. He witnessed literally the walking dead. So what do you think John says about his Savior? In arguably the darkest time in history, seeing all this death and smelling all of this death, John goes on in his book, in chapter one, he goes on in verse four to say, in Jesus was life. After seeing all this death and he says, Jesus, in him, there is life and not just mortal life because anybody who would read this or have it read to them, they would already be alive. He wasn't talking about natural life. He was talking about the supernatural, eternal life that's only found in Jesus Christ, family. It says in him was life and the life was light, the light of men. Why life? Why Light. You know, the day and time that we live in, family, is very, very, very dark. Do you know there's a such thing as called the dark web? Do you know that only 10% of the internet, the, the internet that we use every day is only 10% of the full scope of the internet? 90% of the internet is called dark internet. You have, to, you have to know some stuff to be able to access it. But you would be horrified. It's on the dark web where people's social security numbers are sold and people, you know, people's identities are stolen. But it's also on the dark web where you can buy children for sex, where you can put hits out on people to have them killed. When John wrote this, it was a very, very dark time in history, as it is now, a very, very dark time. And so why life? Why light? It's the most wonderful time of the year, family, not because of what we're seeing, because now you can do or say anything you want, but don't you dare say the name of Jesus. We don't want that name to be spoken. It's a dark time. And John wanted us to remember that no matter how dark things might be, and I'm talking about the world, what about in your own life? John wanted us to remember that now, no matter how heavy the grief might be, and things are amplified at the holidays, no matter how heavy the loneliness might feel, that there is a Savior that has been born. And in Him, there is eternal life. And in Him, no matter how dark your life might be. Jesus is the light that dispels all darkness, family. And so having experienced what he experienced, 
he goes on to say something that it's my prayer that will so encourage you, not just this time of year, not just this season of year, but will encourage you and empower you all throughout the year. John goes on to talk about the true light, which is Jesus, which gives light to everyone. And so if you're here or you're watching and you think, but I've caused too much darkness, there is hope for you because the light of Jesus Christ comes for even you. I'm sitting in a prison right now, Pastor Matt, and I know that every Sunday at our prisons here in Decatur, you watch every Sunday. I know you do. And so there's hope for you. That light that came into the world, it's, it's not a light that's just for the Jews. It's not a light that's just for good people. It's a light for everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. God spoke and it all came through his word, Jesus. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people were like, please, do you know how many people have claimed to be the Messiah? Look, go away. You're just another one of these crackpots that said, oh, yeah, I'm the son of God. They didn't believe him. They didn't. They, they're like, whatever. You know how many times we've heard that? He came to his own people and his own people didn't receive him. But to all, John's like, I want to make sure, GT Church, when you're reading this hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years later, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the what family? The right, the privilege to become children of God. And you like, you know, you've heard this saying, oh, we're all just children of God, right? And in a sense, that's true because God's our creator. But John wanted to establish this once and for all. There is only one way that you can be adopted into the family of God, and that is through life in Jesus Christ. Amen, family. He says, if you believe in Jesus, you go from being an enemy of God to a friend. You go from being a stranger to a part of the family. It only happens in Jesus Christ. It's the most wonderful time of year, family. And not because of what's happening. Most every year when we make the drive to Pennsylvania, before 1996, it was always so great because all five of the Samuels boys would be at home. And so the drive home to Pennsylvania to my mom and dad's was all five of the Samuels boys being together. But I've shared this with you before. In 1996, my oldest brother, Michael, passed away. And just on Tuesday when we headed to Pennsylvania, it came back because everything at Christmas is exaggerated, right? It came back. And I'm driving home and 
It's like it'll just be the four. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Not because of who's at the table. It's the most wonderful time of the year, not because of the people that decided, because I know in your families, there are people that actually made the choice, I'm not going. If she's gonna be there, I'm not going. If he's coming, you can forget it. Okay, he might be coming, but I'm not sitting by him. Doggone it. <laughs> I'm not sitting by It's not the most wonderful time of the year because of who's with us. It's the most wonderful time of the year because who is for us? And if God is for us, who can be against us? There's some things that just won't change. Michael will never be there at Thanksgiving or Christmas. But I know where he's at. He's with his Savior. It's the most wonderful time of the year because we are in God's family. But John said something else. My family was so beautiful. I don't know what kind of darkness you're facing today. What I do know, because you tell me in your communication cards and you stop me after service and you, you share your life with me. I had a gentleman today Say thank you so much for your message, Pastor, because I messed things up and I got mad and decided I'm not going for Thanksgiving. And my whole family, they're, they're heartbroken. He's, he's crying and he's like, I messed up, Pastor. And I told him what I'm gonna tell you. It's not the most wonderful time of the year because everything in your life is perfect. It's not the most wonderful time of the year because everybody's healthy, because everybody feels good, you know what I mean? It's not the most wonderful time of the year because you don't have any stress and any worry about anything. John reminds us of why, precisely why. It's the most wonderful time of the year. He talks about the light of Jesus Christ. And he says the light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Whatever darkness you might be walking in today, there is a light that the darkness cannot extinguish. The death of Jesus Christ could not extinguish that light because he rose again, family. And you are in him and he is in you and you will have life. And that light of Jesus Christ will shine bright and fill you with joy and fill you with hope, not just in the month of December, but all throughout the year you need to remember that I am in him and he is in me and the darkness that I might be walking through will not overcome the light of Jesus Christ that is in me Amen. the light of Christ shines brighter than it ever has before 
And I know what it's like to gather around the table and to miss someone. I know what it's like for everybody to be full of cheer because the holidays are here. And I know what it's like to, yeah, but. It's in those times where we're tempted to, yeah, but, that we need to remind ourselves. It's not about, and I want you to hear me, Greg, it's not about what's happening. It's not. It's about what happened. And what happened God sent his word to heal your disease. God sent his word to bring peace to all mankind. I was talking to my friend Carol. She asked if she could come in and set up an appointment with me and she began to tell me some things that were going on in her body and in her family and just pouring out her heart just you, you just two old friends sitting there talking and laughing and Carol's been walking through cancer and she said people have asked me pastor they've asked me well what's your prognosis well, have they told you how long? She said, I look at them and I say, I haven't asked because only my God and my Savior knows how long because no man is in charge of my days because my God is greater than any diagnosis. The light that shines in my friend Carol is the light of Jesus Christ and he wants to shine brightly in your situation this morning too. The darkness cannot overcome the light of Christ that is in you. And so I speak the life. Jesus came that we might have life and life abundantly. Would you shout abundant life, family? Abundant life. And the darkness can't strip you of that abundance because every promise God made you will keep. There's a light that reminds us that it's the most wonderful time of the year because Christmas is nothing if it's not hope. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, my beautiful? There is a light that shines in the darkest and heaviest grief. There is a light that shines for those who their loneliness is just exaggerated at Christmas. There is a light for you. There is a light that as everybody is in the hustle and bustle and running around shopping, and there is a light for those of you who physically you're unable 
there's a light of healing for you. John said that light is Jesus. And we need to remind ourselves that he is not only the light of the world, but he is the light of my world. Thank you, God, for loving us, for accepting us, for giving our life meaning and purpose. It's the most wonderful time of the year because you are for us. If you'll keep your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here or you're watching and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life or, or maybe you did at one point, but you messed up and you think, man, there's no way God could still love me. Like you don't know how much I've, I've ruined everything. I, I, all the sin that I've caused or, or maybe you got mad Maybe you didn't think at this point in your life you would be where you are at this point in your life. And so maybe you took a step away from God because you were disappointed or you had some unmet expectations. Christmas time is the perfect time for you to come back. No matter what you've done or no matter what's been done to you, Christmas is the perfect time for you to invite the light of Jesus Christ back in. I'm gonna pray a prayer and I'm gonna ask you if you'll say this prayer after me. Would you say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, but I ask you today to come into my life. Take away all my sin. Take away that nagging guilt, all those regrets. Help me to live better. Help me to be a better person because you are in me. Give me that strength. Give me that power. I receive it in your name. Amen. Amen. My beautiful family, would you stand up with me? Listen, there are some things that are just flat out true. God loves you so very, very much. And so does your pastor. My prayer for you, my prayer for you is that all throughout this Christmas season, that the light and the love of Jesus would so fill you. Not that, it, that a magic wand is waved and suddenly you don't miss that person or suddenly you're not concerned about things, but that his life and his love and his hope and his joy would so fill you that you would prioritize right, that if God is for me, who can be against me? But his light and his life are brimming over in you. Hey, listen, next Sunday, we're gonna have a combined service, so the people from first service and third service will be here at 9.30 with you. So hopefully you'll get to see some coworkers and some people that you didn't know, maybe went to GT and our kids will have a performance for us and then I'll be bringing another message for you from Simply Christmas that I hope will encourage you. I love you, why? Because you're the absolute best. God bless you guys today.